Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. If you say, I want to grow in God, but I've never cared to have a mentor, don't want to have one, you might be lying. Just food for thought there. You should have someone who can teach you, someone who teaches you right. Man, my dad had a mentor. My dad has had teachers. My dad has, a pa he has pastors over him now. And he's been in the ministry, I believe, since, was it 74, Dad? 74 to this present day. Just add two years of my life. Over 47 years in the ministry. And he still has a pastor over him. So you ever meet someone who says, I can't learn anything from people? I got it all figured out? You might be in a battle. You might be in a death struggle with pride. So Uzziah, he had a mentor. Uzziah declared war on the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. Then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and in other parts of Philistia. So this guy was taking over the kingdom of Philistia at that time. He was, he was making moves on the Philistines. God helped him in his wars against the Philistines, his battles with the Arabs of Gur, and his wars with the Munites. What a name. The Munites paid annual tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he had become very powerful. Verse 9. Uzziah built fortified towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle in the wall. Verse 10. He also constructed forts in the wilderness and dug many water cisterns because he kept great herds of livestock in the foothills of Judah and on the plains. He was what? Also a man who loved the soil. How many of you like working in the garden? Okay, about three of you out of 87 people probably. Okay, that's something. It used to be different, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Working in the yard make you feel better. Promise. He was a man who loved the soil. It's good therapy, working with your hands, getting some dirt under your nails. You can always get a manicure later. He had many workers who cared for his farms and vineyards, both on the hillsides and in the fertile valleys. Before I read this, you notice he was into a lot of stuff, huh? Because he served God and put God first, he feared God. God was blessing him in everything he did. He was rebuilding walls. He was attacking the enemies and winning. He, was, he had a mentor. He was, this guy... He was all about it here. He was doing great. He was doing good work. God's hand was on him. He was a bad dude. Uzziah had an army of well-trained warriors ready to march into battle, unit by unit. So it was organized. It was excellent. This army had been mustered and organized by Jael, the secretary of the army, and his assistant, Maasiah. They were under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officials. But get ready. These regiments of mighty warriors were commanded by 2,600 clan leaders. More leadership, more guidance, more mentorship. The army consisted of 307,500 men, all elite troops. They were prepared to assist the king against the enemy. Powerful. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and sling stones. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts. Are you catching how God blessed this guy? He did, and he did, and he did, and, he, and humans, you know the problem with humans? You guys know because you're human, right? When we start doing really, really good, we think it's all us, don't we? Say, that's me. I won because I'm the man, right? I outran him. I was faster than him because I'm bald, and I was aerodynamic. You thought you were, right? Some of y'all feel me in here. There's, I think we line up. The bald guys, we just kind of line up right here. It's like di a diagonal. But humans do that. Bald is beautiful. The best countertops are made of granite. Just remember that. 
You're, you're slow, but you're worth waiting on. We as humans, God even warned the Israelites when they were taking over the promised land. He said, remember, be careful to give me the glory because at some point you're going to think it's your might, your strength, your intellect that did this. But I'm the one giving you houses you didn't build. I'm the one giving you that job. Are you all with me? I'm the one who gave you those looks, God says. You say, man, I look all right. Well, God gave you that. You say, man, I'm tall. You didn't make yourself tall. You didn't give yourself that hair. You didn't give yourself that mind. You say, I've read a lot. Yeah, but God gave you the capacity to learn. You, you're kind. You're charming. You're a great cook. You're a blessing. You're, you're good at something. Everybody in this room is good at something. You have gifts that God has given you. Somebody say, God has given them to me. Say, God has given them to me. That's right. We as humans, though, we tend to forget where our gifts came from. We as believers now, we think sometimes we get into a mode and we think we were born saved. We think we were born knowing Jesus. No, you may not remember a time that you didn't know him, but you were introduced to Jesus. Scripture is very clear about that. Scripture says that we're conceived in sin. There's an age of innocence up to a certain age. We don't know what that is exactly. But at some point, you have to accept Jesus, right? And you had to be taught about Jesus. That's all of us. So we got to realize that everything we have is from God. We are only managers on this earth. Are you with me? When you die, you don't even take your socks with you. When you die, you don't, ta- you don't attach a U-Haul to the hearse. You go to heaven, according to Scripture, you go to heaven or to hell. Based on your acceptance or rejection of Jesus. That's it. It's real simple. It's all God, though. You, you have your will. He has his will. You had to decide. But Scripture says, look at this. This will mess with your pride here. Scripture says when he created us, he was playing in the dirt. Everybody, anybody remember that? Number one. Number two, Scripture says that even, the, even our faith, he gave that to us. He gave us each the measure of faith. He gave you the ability to believe in him. That's incredible. So I just had to take a break. Before we continue. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones from the towers and the corners of what? The wall. This is thousands of years ago. These guys had catapults. His fame spread far and wide for the Lord gave him marvelous help. And he became very powerful. He felt unstoppable, I bet, huh? How do I know that? Because look at the next verse. But when he became par- powerful, right? When he had become powerful, he also became proud. Which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord. This is, this is ancient times, okay? Not just everybody was allowed to enter the sanctuary. You had to be cleansed. You had to go through certain things. This is Old Testament, not New Testament. There were special garments you had to wear and all this stuff. That's not New Testament. If you're reading your Bible, it does not say that in the New Testament. That's Old Testament. There were certain rules. How many of you, can you imagine if I'd have said, hey, you can't come into church today. Did you cleanse yourself? That would have freaked you out, right? If I had Pastor Jonathan standing at the door and say, hey, God bless you, man. It's good to see you. Have you cleansed yourself or you can't come in the sanctuary? Are you ritually pure? You'd go, what? I'm going to go watch this on the live stream, right? (laughs) Or you might just be mad. But look, different times, different strokes for different folks. This was before Jesus came and ripped the veil to the sanctuary or to the Holy of Holies. All right. Now everybody's allowed to come into God's presence by the name of Jesus and by his blood. Are you still with me? But when he had become powerful, he also became proud. 
which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary <coughs> excuse me, of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. He, he thought, I'm king, God's blessed me, now I'm going to do the priest job even. Not all kings were called to do that, okay? Most weren't. Azariah the high priest, this guy was bold. He went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. It took him and 80 guys because it was the king after all. They confronted King Uzziah and said, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who are set what? Who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. They knew. Uzziah, look at how he reacted in pride. Pride, mm, pride will make you a fierce opponent. Make you fly into a rage if somebody opposes you, even if you're doing wrong. If you get angry when someone corrects you, come on now. Y'all know Matthew McConaughey ain't saved, right? Anybody ever heard of Matthew McConaughey? Saw a quote by him recently? He said, if someone corrects you and you get angry, you have an ego problem. Great, deep spiritual wisdom from Matthew McConaughey. I don't even know if he knows the Lord. I'd be surprised if he did. But look at Uzziah here. Supposed to be a man of God as a king who was holding an incense burner. He became furious. You ain't going to tell me nothing. I, do you know who I am? I hope you've never told anyone that. Do you know who I am? Who cares? You dishonored God. But as he was standing there raging at the priest, wow, he started to rage at the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's what? Temple. Leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. <laughs> I guess that was fitting, right? Because forehead means everybody can see it. He didn't get it in his armpit. Scripture says he got it on his forehead. When Azariah the high priest and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. It's like the Lord's about to wipe you out, brother. It's time to get out. And the king himself was eager to get out at this point because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. Leprosy in the, in the Hebrew and Greek is several different skin conditions. The problem with leprosy, depending on the type of it, some, some of it was very contagious. Some of it just looked awful. Some types of leprosy, I mean, your, your ears and your nose starts to fall off. It's nothing fun. So he had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord. You know what happens when you operate in pride, and you're not allowed to fulfill God's calling and assignment in your life because of your pride? Look now, his son Jotham was what? Put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. So pride can knock you out of your position with God. Pride can. Now, I know it got really quiet in here, but I have a better story to follow this one up with, okay? Everybody still here? You're going to be all right, I promise. We're going to get through this together. Now, that was Uzziah, a story of pride and failure, even after being a marvelously blessed, prosperous, powerful, ingenious king. Now look at Hezekiah. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 32, 24. About that time, Hezekiah had had a great reign. Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. If I recall correctly, God gave him another 15 years of life. That would be creepy, huh? Can you imagine? Say, Lord, let me live. He says, okay, you're going to live another 15 years. You're on the countdown, right? But you got another 15 years. Fascinating story. Another uh, scripture text explains that. But Hezekiah, after being healed and given grace and given 15 more years to live, he did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him 
And he became what? You can say it. Go ahead. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah. And what? The Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Look at the next verse. And we'll close out the story on Hezekiah, the little bit of information on Hezekiah here. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. you got to remember, Israel and Judah, they were a divided kingdom at this point. Israel was divided into two halves, a northern and southern kingdom. And God was already upset with them because they were worshiping idols, sacrificing children. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But there were moments of grace where great kings who followed David, they were over the kingdom of Judah, which was centered in Jerusalem. And at this point, Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. So you see, there's a story of two people who are just like us, huh? Human. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Can you imagine? And I'm, I'm going to mess with some of y'all's favorite heroes right now. But can you imagine a basketball player or a football player saying proudly, I'm the greatest of all time? Can you imagine? If your hero has done that, I'm sorry. I really am. But that's, to me, that's not a hero when you don't give God credit. I've seen some of that recently. There, there was a lot of talk in basketball, the greatest of all time. And one basketball player said, well, I knew I was the greatest of all time when this. And it's like, are you the greatest of all time or only in your mind? How do you, how do you know that? Can you imagine? There's always someone faster. There's always someone better. They're always coming up in the ranks. There's always someone. Say, man, I'm the greatest ever. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk like that. Do you guys remember what got Satan kicked out of heaven? Does anybody remember? Starts with a P. Pride. He said, I will be like the most high. I will, I will start to capture the other angels' worship. I'm worth it. He was amazing. Lucifer in heaven, before he became Satan, Satan just means the adversary or the enemy. He was amazing. He was beautiful. Scripture said there was nothing in all creation as beautiful as him. I don't know how it would go to an angel's head, but it did. I guess they have a free will, huh? It went to his head, and he said, I'm amazing. I, he got jealous of God. Can you imagine? Here's the problem, though. This shouldn't be a problem, but it is. God will not share his glory with anyone. He will not share his glory with anyone. So you have this story here, a tale of two kings. You have one who was in pride and didn't repent. Then you have one. Go ahead and silence all your phones for me if you don't mind. Then you have one who was in pride, and we're not given the details of all of his pride there, but he repented. So I got a little outline for you this morning, and it's not regular points like usual, but it's an outline. So my first point is, what is pride? And I'm going to discuss that with you for a moment. What is pride? Well, pride is, excessively high, is an excessively high opinion of yourself. Now, Scripture says, even in the New Testament, we shouldn't think higher of ourselves than we ought. Meaning, you should think highly of yourself. You should be confident because you are a child of God. But like anything else, there's always a balance. Somebody say balance. Some people say, well, how do I find balance? That's, that's the art of boundaries. There are some husbands that can't say no to their wives at all for anything ever. There are some husbands who say no for everything. So where's the balance, right? 
There's some wives who can't say no. There's some wives who can't say yes. They're, they need limits. They need boundaries. Did you know that with pride, you've got to learn boundaries and say, this is not me. This is God. That's a boundary. This gift, that's God. And you know how it is. I'm going to talk to the men now, especially in Hispanic homes. Your mom taught you your whole life that you hung the moon. Are you all here? I know there's a lot of Hispanics in here. And if you think you can whoop me, that's great. You can try to catch me after the service. Literally. You like that word, literally? No, but I'm going to speak the truth in love to you today. Some of you as men, your mama told you you hung the moon, and one day you figured out, well, I guess I did, and then, but you're causing damage to everyone around you. You didn't hang the moon. You still got to go potty. You still got to put on your clothes and shower just like anyone else, right? I'm dealing with the men right now because I'm a man. And I'm also, guess what? I'm a Hispanic man. We were in a hybrid home. We were of mixed heritage. But, man, I'm telling you, growing up and now that I have a wife, man, if I was half as good as my mom thought I was and as my wife thinks I am, I'd be amazing. You know what I mean? But there comes a time where I go, I need God for everything that I'm doing. I can't do it without God. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but being spoiled, you're spoiling your kids, you will destroy them. You spoil your kids, they may wind up in prison one day. You got to learn to say no to them. You got to learn to teach them, no, you, you do make messes. You do make mistakes. I'm not going to protect you from everything. And did you know that you can't be protected from pain forever? I know adults right now who are still running from pain. They're, they're scared of discomfort. And they're, they're funky adults. You're hiding from pain and stuff. You need to swallow your pride and say, this is my lot in life because Jesus said we're going to have trouble in life. We're going to be blessed, but we're going to have trouble, and we're going to just plow on through it. Somebody say, just move on through. Uh-huh. There was a song that said, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Y'all remember that song? Don't get stuck there. Keep on going. So what else is pride? Well, here's some, here's some uh, attributes of pride. How about this? Being uncoachable. NFL, NBA, they've taught soccer leagues, all these pro athletes now, celebrities, they've taught us the definition of uncoachable and what pride is, haven't they? You've seen people disrespecting their coaches. I remember in the 90s, one guy choked his coach. Was it Latrell Sprewell? Y'all remember that? He choked his coach, P.J. Carlesimo. Mm-mm. I'd have kicked him off the off the. I need the sacrifice that Jesus made. Look at what wisdom says in Proverbs eight. A lot of word here this morning, I know, and I don't know that we're going to get through all of it. But let's read this. I wisdom live together with good judgment. Wisdom is being personified here in Proverbs chapter eight. That means be, being given human attributes. I don't know if wisdom is just another emanation of the Spirit of God here, or what this is, or exactly. But I do know that wisdom is given a voice here in Proverbs. So I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Look at this. Look at this verse. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Did you just notice? Let's go back. Let's go back to that verse. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. So pride is just as bad as corruption and perverse speech. And it's in the same verse where God says in that context, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. So pride is evil. 
Pride is evil. Did you know, you guys ever heard of the disaster that was called uh, Chernobyl? Was that in the Ukraine? Some of you have seen documentaries and stuff. Did you know there were lots of things that led to that, but some of it was human pride. Pride will make you careless. Pride will take you farther than you wanted to go. Pride will make you do things you said you would never do. It's a close cousin of just sin itself. Have you ever noticed that about sin? People have said, and I've seen this my whole life, said, I would never do that. And I've watched them do it because they wouldn't humble themselves. They wouldn't humble themselves before God. But look at this. Let's keep going to the next verse. This, it gets better. Hang in there. Hang in there. Some of you are like, man, nobody warned me this pastor preaches like this. Is this a, you're going to be okay, I promise. I love you. You're going to make it through this. There is encouragement coming, a lot more encouragement. And I will stand here first and say God has dealt, me, dealt with me on this for about six months before I've been able to preach this word. Six months. I've been all alone crying out to God, saying, God, I want to walk in humility. God, I, I know, I know I need help in these areas. I need you to help me. Only you can do it. And the tough part is, you know what develops humility in people? Trials and tribulations. It, all, it develops patience, but it'll develop humility if you let it, if you don't allow yourself to get bitter. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. This is wisdom still speaking. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. We're just going to go to verse 16 today. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. So here's my second point today. We talked about what pride is. Everyone deals with pride. I mentioned that a while ago. So don't beat yourself up. Learn to deal with it. Don't ignore it. Don't put it off for tomorrow. I'm telling you, this is a divine appointment today. If I never see you again, God was speaking to your heart, saying it's time for you to take responsibility and ownership, own up to stuff, and humble yourself. Everyone deals with pride. Everyone. Everyone deals with pride. Some more than others, but, you know, sometimes it's more noticeable in some people than others, but Scripture is clear about it. There's different areas of pride. Scripture says that at some point, this is said many times, I'm not going to give you all the references this morning, but Scripture says this is happening because you didn't humble yourself. Have you noticed that in Scripture before? But then the Lord says, on the other hand, he says, because you humbled yourself. Do you guys remember King Ahab? He was a booger of a dude. He was, that was Jezebel's husband. So can you imagine his decision-making abilities? He said, oh, no, those were arranged marriages back then. They were kings. They could do what they want. He could have had many other wives, but Jezebel was his wife. And, uh, Scripture says Ahab was one of the wickedest kings of Israel ever, of the northern kingdom. But at some point, God pronounced a judgment against him, and he began to weep and fast and cover himself in sackcloth and ashes. And God said, look how Ahab is humbling himself. Ahab, like my mom would have said, a big old devil, right? But God honors humility. You say, man, how is, how is God responding to this person? He was the worst. Yeah, but he's humbling himself. She's humbling herself. Everyone deals with pride. Everyone. That's my second point today. But, but, look at number three. You say, oh, pastor, here you go again. Everyone deals with pride, but not everyone survives it. Let's go to Proverbs 15, 25. 
Don't worry, I'm about to give you pride's remedy. It is the silver bullet. Pride's remedy, the silver bullet for pride. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. Wow, look at Proverbs 16, 18. My little niece says that. Wow, right? Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. If you're afraid of being humiliated, you better humble yourself because those who are proud, they wind up being so embarrassed over something. And pride contributes to that because if you're humble, it's hard to embarrass you. You just say, well, I messed up, you know. But man, if you don't learn to humble yourself now, I'm telling you. Some of the greatest actors, some of the greatest uh, entertainers, I've studied lives of some of these folks. Actors, entertainers, athletes, man, nobody could tell them nothing. They were amazing, and then they get humbled so bad. Some of you know their stories. Watch 30 for 30. That's stu- that studies in pride and humility, isn't it? Me and Ephraim talk about those because we're big sports fans, and we love history as well. We've done some 30 for 30, John. And some of those stories, most of them are about a man or woman's pride, usually men in those stories. Just proud. Nobody could tell. They were at the top of their game. You guys ever studied the story of, uh, what what they call it, Tommy Gunn, Tommy Morrison? You guys remember the boxer? He should have been one of the greatest ever. But there were parts of him that were com- just completely uncoachable. He didn't listen to people. He, uh, he performed on such a high level as an athlete that he thought the drugs and alcohol wouldn't catch up with him and loose living. You should see some of the documentaries about him. It's like a horror story. You see this tall, big, handsome dude just beating people up in boxing. Like, it was fun to watch. He would knock big dude just clean out. But he didn't listen to anybody. He was proud. He was at the top of the world. He ended up dying in his 40s of AIDS. And you should, have see, you should have seen him. I think he died at like 43. He looked like he was about 80-something. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. But I have good news. Somebody say good news. Somebody say, oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Point four, pride's remedy. Y'all ready for this? Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. You're going to like this. I just know. Like, who said that I know you're going to dig this? God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Can you imagine? One day you're going to reign with him because you have said, I'm going to humble myself. Lord, I need you. People who don't pray, they're saying, God, I don't need you. People who don't read the word, they're saying, God, I don't need to know you. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. So humble yourself. Man, repeat, or repeat, repeat. Just repeatedly humble yourself. Humble. And, and you know, be, be natural. You ever ran into someone who was being fake humble? That's the worst. You might as well just be a jerk. Be proud. <laughs> Don't be a fake humble. I've been around people like that. They're sitting in meetings going like this, trying to be pious. They're like, Yes, it was not me. I'm like, dude, dudette, what is, what's, what's a female dude? Girl, I mean, you know, come on. Come on, just be humble, be real, but if you're not going to be real, just, just do what you do, right? You've got to be able to repent and admit when you're wrong. got to swallow your pride. This is a big part right here. Ask God, ask God for help. 
Did you know I find myself daily say, it's because you're a pastor. No, it's because I'm a believer like y'all. Y'all are believers. Y'all believe in Jesus. Y'all believe he's the only way to heaven. You as believers, you know that we need God to help us, man. As a believer, yes, as a pastor, but as a believer in my private walk with God. Because when I, did you know when I step away from this pulpit, I'm just a believer. I have the distinct privilege of being able to teach and preach on Sundays and Wednesdays and do a Bible study and different things and be a leader in the kingdom of God. But I'm telling you, I've said this recently, I've had to die a thousand deaths. You say, why? Why would that matter? Why couldn't you just be proud? Because Jesus was humble. And he's called us to be like him. He said, I am lowly and humble. That's what he said. The God of the universe humbled himself. You know how humbling it was to become a puny human? Right? Was it Thor who said that? One of the Avengers? Humans are so puny, right? (laughs) And petty. You know. But the God of the universe humbled himself and, and, he, and he allowed himself to come down into the lowly form of a human. And not wealthy, not rich. And he was ministering to the poor and the broken. The God of the universe. So why wouldn't you humble yourself? Can you imagine exalting yourself above who Jesus is? That is, when you walk in a spirit of pride, you're saying, man, I'm greater than Jesus was. You ever thought of it that way? That's scary, isn't it? Uh-uh. You say, I can't be told anything. Jesus had parents on earth. Scripture says he submitted to them and learned from them. Jesus, the God of the universe. So you've got to ask God for help. What is pride's remedy? Praying humbly. Two words. Y'all with me still? Praying humbly. Just say, God. And you know what else? One of the best ways to attack pride right now, I'm going to give you two words. Repenting, saying I'm sorry to people and to God and praising and worshiping God even when you're alone. I've had attacks of pride. You ever had those things where you just thought you were great? I've been all alone and said, man, yeah, you know, I did pretty good at that. And you should be confident, but you know when it's getting out of hand. You know what I do? I begin to say, Lord, thank you for the ability. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you for the right people that helped me. I'm not self-made anything. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. So today, based upon those words that I've spoken to you, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to talk to God about it. And this is very, very, very important. Nobody ignore this. I don't want want you to be messing with anything. I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to hear God this morning. You say, hear God. It's you speaking, Pastor. Yeah, but it's the words of God, so hear him. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Which of you, let's start with this. This is important. Which of you would say, I have never accepted Jesus, nor have I made him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand? And I'm going to pray with you. I need to make sure. You say, man, I've never accepted Jesus. Okay. Live stream as well. We're going to pray in a minute. I want you to pray this prayer with me anyway, because it could be for the live stream. It could be for someone else listening to this message later. Let's all pray this prayer and repeat today. Say, Heavenly Father, say, I humble myself. I cannot get to heaven on my own merits. I call on the name of Jesus and his blood. I believe he died and rose again for me. Cleanse me, Lord God. Forgive me. I believe. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to look at me now.
And it's okay. You can keep your heads up, and you can, everybody can look at me. Live stream as well. Stay, stay engaged. We're almost done. If you say, man, I, I need to tell the Lord I'm sorry for some things, would you raise your hand? Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I'm going to do today. It's going to be a little different. I don't know what they're going to do with the screens, but don't worry. You're not going to be on camera. Valeria and Liz will do something creative there to keep you off camera. But I, I just feel the need to do this today. I'm going to ask everybody, everybody, no exceptions, everybody in this room, because I don't want to be this a test. I don't want this to be a test of your humility and you to fail it. I want everybody in this room to come to this altar, and let's just kneel before God this morning. Come on. Come on. I'm going to kneel too. I'm not going to give you a chance to miss out on this because I am held accountable before God Almighty. Did you know repentance opens the windows of heaven? Did you know repentance brings great revival? Did you know repentance and humility attracts God? Did you know when you worship God, it's a sign of humility? God bless y'all, and thank you for coming. Just begin to speak to God. Tell Him you humble yourself. See, God knows this, but you need to remind yourself sometime. Begin to tell the Lord, I can't do anything without you. I need you. Begin to talk to God. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is how we humble ourselves before God. This is how we humble ourselves before God. We start by bowing the knee and bending the knee, bowing our heads and bending the knee. Those joining us on the live stream, you're still listening to this? Look, God has special plans for you. But God has to be able to get to you before he can work through you. And God only relates to us fully when we have humble hearts. We re because we're able to receive from him. Father, forgive your people today. Cleanse us by the blood of the Lamb. We've proven we are your people, God. We make mistakes. We mess up. But, God, we love you, and we always come back for more of you. We humble ourselves today, God. Go ahead and tell God. Maybe you're in a situation you, you finally need to tell God, Lord, I've made a mess of it. I've made a mess of it. I tried to do it in my own strength. Y'all, I've done that many times. Tried to figure it out in my own strength, and I've made messes. Covering up sin and hiding, and then it has you lying. No, don't do that. Swallow your pride. Humble yourself. Repent so that God can work on you and work in you. Do it. He has a plan for you. I encourage you today. I encourage you today. Let God clean up your motives by working in a, in a humble heart that you have given him access to. Oh, Father, we humble ourselves before you today. We need you, God. We can't live without you. We can't breathe without you. In that same attitude of prayer, I just want to add to what Pastor Matt and what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us this morning. And Pastor Matt said that prayer is a remedy of pride, but also heavy on my heart is that generosity and a heart of a generous heart and a generous soul is a remedy to pride. And Proverbs says that a generous soul will prosper. And I think that it's important that we live a life that's constantly on the giving end instead of on the receiving end. And I think that as we live with our, our, our money, our time, our, our gifts, our talents, the things that we have, and we use those things to refresh other people, 
then God refreshes us. But if we live a life that's constantly thinking, how can I be refreshed? How can I hold on to my time? How can I hold on to my things and my money? How can I be blessed? I think it's easy to slip into a place of selfishness and pride. But if we position ourselves to just constantly be on the giving end of things, giving of our time, giving to the people around us, serving the people around us, encouraging the people around us, it positions us in a place of humility to say, Lord, I'm not enough. What I have isn't enough, but what I have is yours, and I'm going to use it to bless other people. And so this morning, Lord, just with a, a spirit of humility, we as a church, Father, we as Kingsgate Church, we humble ourselves, we bow our knees today, and we want you to see us, Father. We want you to see us today, humbling ourselves and saying, we're not enough, God, we're not, we're nothing without you, we need you. Thank you for the gifts and the talents and the things that you've given us. Thank you for the abilities that you've blessed us with. But without you, God, we can't even, we can't even prosper in those things. We need you in our everyday lives. And Lord, speak to us right now on how we can live generous lives. How we can live lives of humility and giving and serving and sometimes, like Pastor Matt said, I thought it was funny. He said, when you're under an attack of pride, <laughs> when you feel that coming, just, just practically make a decision. Who can I serve today? How can I humble myself today? How can I do something and not get any glory for it today? How can I give today? And that is a practical way that we step from pride to humility. Lord, thank you for this message this morning. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the courage and the bravery of Pastor Matt as he shared. Father, we humble ourselves and we receive it. I receive it with a humble heart. In Jesus' name. If you would, go ahead and stand to your feet and go to your seats. Go in peace, if you would, please. <laughs> Some of you had a hard time getting off those knees. <laughs>